They did it. Y'all know that sound. Nobody believed but us. Touchdown. That's why we call faithful. Nobody believed but us. Touchdown. You know that sound. Uh-huh. Tell me alone. Let's go. Oh, oh, <laughs> Let's get it, baby. Breezy. Yeah. Out west is Patina when the style is so nitty. Breezy on the east and this flow is so gritty. Them boys stay hot, rapping niners in they city. Take one, take two, take that like Diddy. Oh, yeah. Nitty greed is that niners talk. You don't like it, better take a walk. Nitty greed is that niners talk. We outline players up the chalk. Nitty greed is that niners talk. You don't like it, better take a walk. Nitty greed is the nice talk. Nice talk. Nitty greed is the nice talk. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Breezy, and you know what I hear? I got these wonderful ladies on the show with me tonight. I hear wedding bells ringing. Shout out to my brother, Mr. Donnie, and my sister Amelia. Congratulations. They just itched. I did not. Jumped over the broom. I don't know what you want to call it, but they are officially married. So Donnie is probably going to be on his honeymoon, hopefully for the next six months, getting it in. Now I'm just playing. Congratulations (laughs) to our brother Donnie. He's out there celebrating, man. We love that dude. He'll be back on the show real soon. I could promise you that. But thank you, ladies. How you doing, Crystal? How you doing, Annie? Good. Good. We got good. two goods going on. I, I, I'm seeing smiles, and I don't know why because the 49ers aren't playing. So why are we smiling? I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, yesterday was a pretty good day of football, so I'm just kind of enjoying every every game we have left. So that's what's keeping me happy. <laughs> okay. All right. It so was. It was. Peachy's happy for football. Look. Mm-hmm. Football is almost over. There are two weeks left in the, of the NFL season. Two weeks. You got the off week with the Pro Bowl coming up next week, which is a weird simulated type of thing. And then it's the Super Bowl, and we will be bringing you the Nitty Gritty Niners Super Bowl picks, sweepstakes week where we go on and we talk about the game and we kind of do our picks. I already know who Peachy's going for because she hates Tom Brady. Uh, Annie, just, just off the top, right now, before we break anything down, <sighs> Who do you think you're going to choose for? Is it Brady or Mahomes? I'm going with Brady. I just, I don't want to see Mahomes win. I don't want to see that team win back-to-back after they just beat us last year. I just, I can't get on that train, so I'm going with Brady. Peachy, it looks like she got something to say. Yes, because, okay, so I get that. And I know I was anti-Brady, anti-Brady. But you know who... Like, I don't want to see when another Lombardi, worse than Brady, that's Ooh. Mahomes. So I am riding all the way. Go Bucks, Go Bucks, Go Bucks. Oh, wait a Bucks. minute. That's PJ Kevin. <laughs> Are you watching this show, Kevin? Kevin, I know you're in here. You were like the second person in the comment section saying good evening. PG just said she is rooting for Brady after she tweeted she hated Brady. All week long. All week. Look, look, I am not alone. I'm going to bring in my brother from another mother, Mr. Tony, right now. And I just want to hear Tony say, Brady or Mahomes, bro? Brady or Mahomes? I don't know, man. I don't know. I I think... I think I'm going to go with Brady. I think I'm going to go with Brady. I I mean, you know, he's proven to be the GOAT. As much as I thought Montana was, but 
you know, 10 Super Bowl appearances. I think he won six. This could be seven. So that's big. I feel like, Tony, that was my argument, bro. And I got trashed. I mean, I lost about 54 followers on, on Twitter. Not that I care. But dang, all I'm saying is Joe Montana was the GOAT. And Brady is is the GOAT. It, it, it happens when you when players retire. And I think that's why players play. And I think that's why Brady plays. Brady's playing to be the greatest of all time. And you can't knock him. Nobody's knocking LeBron James for beating out all of Michael Jordan's records. It's all good in the NBA. But don't talk about Brady being better than Joe Montana. Boy, I'm about to lose 54 more followers after this show. I can feel it. <laughs> all I'm saying is his accolades speak for themselves. You can call him a cheater. You can call him whatever you want. All I know is Brady is in the Super Bowl after going to a new team, getting a new contract, having to learn a new offense. That's amazing. That's amazing. And speaking of new offenses, and speaking of guys going to new teams, there's some rumors out there. So let's go ahead and start with these rumors, Peachy, because there's some quarterbacks out there that are looking to be shuffled around. There's quarterbacks don't, that don't want to be on their teams no more. Listen how we get right down to the nitty-gritty. It was no formalities. I forgot. I'm going to keep forgetting because there's so much to talk about. Andy's going to bring you the news. Peachy's got the rumors. And Tony's got everything else. And I'm just going to sit back and relax and kick my feet up. Uh, Peachy, let's go with some of these rumors. What you got for us tonight? All right, Breezy. What I got for you is really crazy. So, you know, we started out with Watson. We started out with Watson to the 49ers. Um, it was a rumor that everyone wanted Watson. Then all of a sudden... The Lions decide, um, the Lions with Stafford decide to part ways. So when they part ways, then of course there'll be a trade involved in this Stafford to the 49ers. <laughs> and then we have Aaron Rodgers as of yesterday, the very disgruntled and very mad Aaron Rodgers. Wait, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he's shaking his head because he doesn't want Aaron Rodgers. Or if he, I don't, Tony, why are you shaking your head? That just tell us. Why am I it's guessing? Because it's someone new every day and it's getting really annoying. It, it oh, you can't be annoying. You can't be annoying, right, Tony. Tony. Look, it's, Tony. it's crazy. It, it's it's Sam Darnold. It's this one. It's that one. It's this one. It's, it, it's, it's never been Sam Darnold. I'm going for Josh Allen to start now. <laughs> First of all, it's never been Sam Darnold. I just want to put that out there. I know you got some crazy fans that think Sam Darnold could come in here and light it up. No. But you can't be mad, Tony, because we have not, as 49ers, solidified the, the quarterback spot. And no, I think we're in this win-now mode. I mean, you can't keep getting older and, and not try to bring home at least a couple of chips. I, I, was, I was with Watson. I'm on the Watson train, but Watson won too much. They want too much for Watson, right? Clearly, he. I just heard, I read today, and I'm sure Annie's read it as well, Watson destination is not the New York Jets. He doesn't want to go there. All right? So that's that's kind of cool to hear. Um, but who knows? We, we're going to do a whole quarterback show, and we're going to talk about all this stuff later, man. Yes. What else you got? Okay, so besides the quarterbacks, some are, are disgruntled, and some just are ready to move on to another team. Um, the next thing that we have is um, Kyle Smith from Washington football team has been released. And it is, nice. yes. And the rumors are that the 49ers could be interested in bringing him in is in an executive role since we lost uh, Martin Mayhew. Hey, Annie, you got anything more to add to that? Did you hear about this? 
Yeah, I heard about that. I think, honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, I heard that Kyle Shanahan had some ties with him, and mm-hmm. I think it would, it would work out great. I mean, I don't really yep. – it's hard to tell how much effect, like, Mayhew and Peters, like, how much they really – what the exact role they play is through everything. So I don't think that we've lost that much with Mayhew. I don't think we have that much to lose um, bringing in um, the guy from Washington. So Especially a guy Kyle Shanahan is familiar with. Tony, anything you want to Yeah, that's, that's Kyle Smith. And um, like you guys pretty much touched, there is ties to the Shanahan family. And if you look at his track record with Washington, he's made a couple of really good picks, especially on the defensive side of the ball, bringing in Montez Sweat, uh, Jonathan Allen as a defensive tackle. So, I mean, he does have, you know, an eye for talent, it appears. But, you know, Mayhew went there. You know, congratulations to him. We talked about this last night on Nothing But Niners. So, um, you know, it, it, it meant a lot for him to get another GM spot, a shot, especially for a team that he played for. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this comes through pretty soon, announced within the next couple of days that this guy – Kyle Smith is going to be a part of the 49ers organization. I agree, man. I agree 100%. I I definitely agree. The 49ers are looking to refuel and restaff their organization with people that could come in here and and add to the dimensions of what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So we did lose a couple of good good pieces up there in that front office, and now we're trying to replace them with, you know, as good or even better pieces. So I can't wait to see how this manifests. Peachy, any more rumors? What else is going on out there with the 49er world? Yep, looks like we have one more defensive back. Tony Oden could possibly be on the move. He is. Oden could possibly Mm -hmm. be on the move. Yep. (laughs) Tony, your name is Tony. (laughs) I want to know what Tony thinks about. Yeah, so I actually reached out to uh, Benjamin Albright on Twitter. and I I asked him, he said he can't confirm anything with Denver, but it was his assumption that he was pretty much offered the job with the Jets and was leaning towards taking it. Nothing was official. Um, so it's kind of like status quo right now. We don't know what's going on. Everything's, you know, tight lipped with the organization. And, um, you know, it's just the way the 49ers operate. Like this whole thing with Daryl Tapp just popped out of nowhere. Like, I know Josina Anderson reported it. Now this kid, Kyle Smith, that came out of nowhere. You're not hearing it from the 49ers organization. You're hearing it from second and third parties. So, you know, it's just the way they operate. I hear you, man. I hear you. Peachy, thank you so much for the rumors. Annie, I know you got some news, and that's probably one of the breaking news stories right there. Tony mentioned Daryl Tapp. Talk about it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for 49ers fans, it's more rumors than news at this point. The news we have is pretty pretty thin. The first thing, we have Sala taking Aaron White Cotton with him to New York, our former assistant defensive line coach. So that is why we hired Daryl Tapp who was formerly this past season the co-defensive line coach for Virginia Tech. So that's going to be a change, a little shift in there. Um, shouldn't be too much of a difference. Then the only other thing is um, James Batcher, former defensive coordinator for the Giants and the Cardinals. Adam Schefter said he's going to have a senior defensive role with us, something to do with you know, getting D'Amico Ryans all situated with his new role as defensive coordinator. 
That's going to be too cool. I'm loving what the 49ers are doing, man. They're adding veteranship to help some of the young coaches on the staff. Not that D'Amico Ryans isn't going to be able to, uh, you know, coordinate great games. It's just, it's good to have that, you know, that veteranship back there just to kind of like oversee some things. They might see some things D'Amico's not familiar with and could just lend an ear. Here, hey, Tony, I know you like the Daryl Tapp signing. I know you love it, actually. Tony, yeah. talk a little bit about this signing with Daryl Tapp. As far as Tapp, I, I really like it because we moved away from Aaron Cotton. Like, like she said, he went to the Jets. You know, congratulations to him. He's a full-time defensive line coach. But if you look at our defense with Koserik, which, by the way, Tapp played for, and he Tapp also played with D'Amico Ryans. So these guys all know each other. He's assembling pieces that, you know, they've known over the past, whether it was coaching or playing with somebody. But the interesting thing is I just want to touch about Betcher. He has a different scheme. His philosophy in uh, system is a 34 front. So it's gonna. It, it's, I'm going to be really interested to see what kind of a defense he's going to work with, um, with Ryan's with. Um, as far as getting back to tap, I think this is what we need. We need somebody to help with the edge, the true edge rushers, and the wide nine with the speed off the edge. Because this guy was an animal when he played. He didn't have like all the pretty numbers, like 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 a Reggie White type's career. But He's a disruptor, though, he was constantly in the backfield, either blowing up run game or applying pressure to the quarterback, forcing bad throws. So that that's what we want. And I can't confirm this, but it kind of seems like the D Ford's career with the 49ers is in jeopardy and he potentially might not be here. So they might be looking to add that second piece. And that second piece is going to be someone similar to what Tap did, the role that he played as a player. Uh, well, I mean, class, listen, bro. it's all tied. Thing, moves are made for reasons with this team. And back to Betcher is you, you have to look at it like this. It, it's, it's, um, Ryan's coming out saying, like, you know, I know I'm new with this. He's bringing an assistant uh, guy who's a senior coordinator, the only guy on that defensive side of the ball that has any experience as a defensive coordinator. So it's a good ad, and I honestly think you're going to see a different defense than you're, we're used to seeing the uh, cover three or two deep, whatever it is. I think we're going to be a lot more aggressive. It's not going to be coming off the, the slot. <laughs> It, it, it's going to be very versatile because yeah. our defense is a 43 front. This guy's going to three, four, baby, hybrid, baby. Talk about Exactly. You're going to see a very versatile defense and it, it's going to catch teams off guard. So it's going to be interesting. So his role is going to be a second set of eyes. He's going to come in with the game planning with, with Ryan's and you know, it's Ryan's defense. And just one thing before we move on, Ryan was a Mike linebacker. He wore the green dot. He called defenses. He was lining people up on the field. He's not afraid to take this challenge. So I have confidence in him, but I even more confidence with bringing in a senior advisor who was a defensive coordinator, not to mention with Arizona. His defenses for three consecutive years overall were in the top six. So it's going to be interesting. And speaking of D'Amico Ryan, shout out to Fred Warner. Excuse me, all pro Fred Warner. First time all pro, first time Pro Bowl selected Fred Warner, who just credited D'Amico Ryan for his success. I think that's huge 
because he credited him for his development um, as a Mike linebacker, man. And Tony just talked about D'Amico's style and skills at that mic. If you watch Fred Warner play in the 2020 season, not only was he all over the field, he was putting people in a place. And, and his tackling was 100% better than it was in 2019. Like, he was just on his tackles, rapping and tackling. Had a few miss, you know, but he was a lot better. And he was really good in coverage. Really good. And that's huge when you play on this 49ers defense. Look, we got the news out there. We got the rumors out there. I know y'all want to talk about quarterbacks, but this is not that show. My man Tony has limited time, and we're going to talk about the left tackle, you already know who he is. Trent, I want him. I'll be back. Williams, Tony, Annie, Peachy. Let's just be honest. Real quick. Let's go around the board. You think Trent's going to sign back with the 49ers? We'll start with Peachy and we'll go all the way back around and we'll end with me. Yes. Annie? No. <laughs> Tony? No. I think he is. And Wayne? Hell yeah! You guys know right he's going to. That's what Tony mentioned earlier. No disrespect, Annie. I, I, I get it. He's probably not. But here's why I think he, Tony mentioned earlier that the 49ers make calculated moves. They make calculated moves. They brought in a guy who has a great relationship mm-hmm. with Trent Williams and Kyle Shanahan. Not going to mention his name. All I'm going to say is that's a calculated move. So I will look for Trent to test the market. I will look for Trent to see what his worth is going to be. And that's what we're going to talk about on the show. And I think Trent Williams will find a way to be back on a team that's going to contend for a Super Bowl. A, because this season left a bitter taste in his mouth. And B, they about to get him a new quarterback to protect. Oh, I said that. My bad. I didn't mean to say that. He is the quarterback for the 49ers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about this show real quick. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to have a nice little go around. And we're going to talk about Trent Williams for a little bit. This is his show. I do want to put out his numbers. This is according to PFF. You know, it's really hard for me to talk bad about a person that rated 91.9 on PFF. Now, Tony, don't tell me how much you don't like PFF. Mike is not on this show. You do not have to agree with Mike. He's not here. All I know is it's really tough to be graded on PFF this high, especially at the left tackle position. Tony, would you like to add to this? Listen, I know, like, Mike's very harsh on him, okay? And, you know, he comes flying out of the gate versus Arizona. He's putting people on their backs all game. He he was a monster. He's flying down the field, leading on screens. And, you know, I was like, he's back. But then you sit back and say, well, this guy just missed almost two seasons. Yeah, he could fly out of the gate, but now the question is, does he have the stamina? So I think this season was huge for him. He completed it. You know, he missed a couple games because of COVID, but his legs are back under him. He's in football condition, meaning he's played in football games. And, you know, I, I just think that it's important. It, this piece is important. And I'm not a big fan, like you just said, of, of PFF, but these numbers don't lie right here. Because he is a good left tackle. Now, I personally don't think he's going to even make it to the market because he already knows what the market is. Because David Bakhtiari, before he tore his ACL, signed his new extension. It was averaging just under $21 million. Sorry, we're going to get to that, baby. You you got that the whole next segment of the show. You That's all you. But you on it. Tony is a, a visionary. 
Like, he just got it all mapped out in his dome piece. I love it. Annie, you want to add to Trent Williams? I know you say you don't think he'll be back, but tell us why. Yeah, I mean, performance-wise, I mean, obviously he's an amazing left tackle, and we could really use him to bring some stability to the line, but... I just think he's going to be too expensive for their cap right now. And I mean, this offensive line is a mess. I mean, our, we don't have a solid right guard. We don't have a solid center. We really need a center. So I just, I think that we have to wait a little while to see how everything shakes out, see who they're prioritizing. You have a lot of big names you got to get back. So he could definitely come back and I want him to come back because he's a great player, but I just, I don't know if um, the cap can handle it since it's going down. Good. That's real talk right there. I'm going to tell you how we do it. You cut Jimmy Garoppolo, you pay Trent Williams. Peachy, uh, <laughs> what do you think about Trent? I think that Trent is amazing. Um, I really want to sign him back. I hope that we do, but I'm kind of with Annie. I do understand that for the cap situation, Trent will go out there and <laughs> look around and play around and it's very possible that he will find a much better deal with a contender than uh, he'll find with us. I'm just hoping that his loyalty with Kyle and everything that we did for him will lure him back. Now, see, you mentioned something. You said he'll find a much better deal with a contender. I disagree because contenders don't have money either. So now if we're talking about a team where you can come back to and contend I think that would be the 49ers. And I'm hoping those relationships, like you guys said, would tie in. Plus, the 49ers did this guy solid. They ripped up his contract after the trade and said, mm-hmm. hey, man, we're going to pay you like $9 million right up off the top of the dome piece. Take your money. And he showed up for every game minus the two dumb games for COVID and I think the last game. So I think he only missed three games for a guy coming off of two seasons missed of football. And we gave him this, the, the man... I love Mike, but I like talking about Mike. He hates everybody on the 49ers except for Tony Odin. All right, so uh, that's another. That's another but Niners show. Make sure you tune into that show because Mike and I are going to go blow for blow. I hope Tony is able to be the referee of that show. All yeah, right, I'm so <laughs> we talked a little bit about Trent. Now, that that is his grade. Let's talk about Trent's words. We kind of mentioned it. Now, these are the free agent left tackles. Shout out to Tony for the graphic. These are the free agent left tackles um, going into the 21 season. Uh, Tony and I talked. There's some guys you can get up here that's probably cheaper than Trent Williams. The question is, are they as good as Trent Williams and will they be able to fit this particular type of system? I'm going to let Tony go first because I'm not sure when he's going to dip out, but let's go ahead and get our our knowledge from Tony real quick. And then we'll just go back around Annie Peachy. Yeah. So, I mean, you see the top guy, that's Trent Williams, of course. And you have Russell Okun, Alejandro Villanueva, um, Jason Peters, Cam Robinson, Kelvin Beecham, Sam Young, and Dakota Dozier. Those are the top, those are the only, um, I guess, decent left tackles on the bottom of this list that are on free agency. Um, in my opinion, I, I think Trent's going to come back because he is legit the best fit for this offense. And we mentioned earlier the ties to the Shanahan family. But with Benton going to the New York Jets, they promoted uh, Forster to the offensive line coach, who was the offensive line coach when the 49ers, when the Washington football team drafted Trent Williams out of Oklahoma. So there, there's all ties here. And, and you know, he said it himself. Like, you know, he wants to be in the ring of honor of Levi Stadium. 
he wants to he he loves the um atmosphere the culture of the 49ers organization he just loves everything about it he's comfortable with Kyle he loves Kyle and you know yeah maybe he could get a little more money on the market yeah he probably could I mean the Jets have a ton of cap space the Colts is a perfect situation their left tackle just retired Anthony Costanzo but you know what he's got to go learn a new scheme okay is it a scheme that he's going to be comfortable with we don't know he don't know so if it's gonna, if he's gonna take two, three million less, I, I know it's these guys want to get paid. It's his, probably his last big payday, but it comes to it comes down to being happy and comfortable in the system that you're gonna perform in, and, and that's why I think Trent's gonna come back. But if Trent did move on, the one guy I would look at on that list is Charles um, Alejandro Villanueva. Really. Uh, you yeah. done changed your mind. Yeah. Tony and I had a four-hour conversation. And it was that that was not the name. He was <laughs> he, he, he's the guy because you know what, Wayne? He he's I think he's 31. He's a big physical guy. He's an ex-military uh, guy. And, and when I watched him, I think he's pretty I'm pretty sure he's coming off an injury, but when I watched him, like you 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 see like his athletic ability. And and that's what you need. You need to be able to get out and lead on a run or a sweep or a reverse. You need that. He's a decent pass protector. I know you're a fan of Peters. Okun is kind of like, you know, hit or miss if he's going to be on the field or not. Um, so it, it's I, – I just think Trent's going to come back. But I, if he doesn't, I think the 49ers would look at somebody like a, a Villanueva because you could probably get him between the 15 to $17 million range on possibly like a two- to three-year deal. All right. You heard it first right here. Nitty-gritty. From Tony, the doctor, the educator, the coach. Now, Tony, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take the theme song of Coach. I'm gonna revamp it, and whenever you come on the show, I'm gonna play that. Dee, 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 dee. I got you, bro. Now, Sean, our brother Sean, he has some comments. There's some comments out there that I've been kind of like going over. I can do that when I have multiple people on the show. You know what I'm saying? I kind of look at the comments. Sean, I know he's talking to me, but I want Annie to address this. Do you think Trent Williams is the Aaron Rodgers of our offensive line? Out for himself. Um, not exactly sure. I mean, if he's the Aaron Rodgers of our line, talent-wise, I mean, he's sure that he's definitely the most talented. But he's not. I don't think he's out there looking just for money on the market, trying to just uh, get the best deal for himself and kind of let everything go. He definitely wants to be with a competitor. You know, nearing the end of his career, and like Tony said, I think it is all about comfort. You know, the system that you know, the people that you know, having a happy, healthy last years of your career. And so I think if you can get him back, hopefully he'll take that um, couple million dollar pay cut. And if he doesn't, I do think someone like Villanueva, who would be about probably six, five, six million dollars less would be a great option. But other than that, I think I think Trent Williams, attitude wise, he's not out for himself. I think he would want to be with this organization. I agree. Hey, Peachy, Sean has some follow-up questions. Peachy, Trent's attitude, doesn't it seem a little poor to you? Yeah, he's good. He acts like he would be fine without a ring. He, his play doesn't elevate the others around him. How do you? How would you address that? Wow. I don't see it that way, so I would have to disagree. I think he has a great attitude. The O-line is not... Uh, I think Trent just has... Higher expectation, which he should. He should have higher expectation of our O-line and what we bring. Players like McGlinchey, not 
you know, stepping up to where their potential should be mm. and the whole nine yards. And I feel like that he has every right to feel that way. I don't feel like that's a poor attitude. I feel like that that's challenging our own line mm-hmm. to live up to his potential. I agree. And since Sean put my name in it too, can I just say this for the last effing time every ever? Trent Williams is not Joe Staley. They have different mindsets. And I want... Yeah, Tony, you got you, bro. Go ahead. All right. This is this is one thing about Trent Williams, okay? And and it's something that the team has been lacking probably since I want to say maybe the Steve Mariucci era when we had Kevin Gogan. There you go. Mm-hmm. Nastiness. Okay. He brings like a nastiness to this offensive line. And I gotta be honest with you. In my personal opinion, he brought it and it rubbed off on Lakin Tomlinson. Yes, it did. Okay. I mean games. That's right. Another, another, and, and listen, I'm not comparing. I'm not doing the comparison of Joe Staley and Trent Williams. They're two different type of, type of tackles. Joe Staley is your typical, like, finesse left tackle who's an excellent pass blocker and can get downfield. But to bring the nasty, give me this man now, to bring the nastiness that he does and how it rubs off on um, Tomlinson, okay? Remember, they never played. There's no preseason. There's no offseason. These guys were thrown on the field on September Ninth, I think it was. Yes, yep. First Arizona Cardinals, and that was their first go together as a unit. And, and, you know, it's you need to gel. You need to become like one, and it, it didn't happen fast. So I just feel that he does bring the nastiness. But another thing that I caught when he was out with COVID, he was the one who was working with Justin School and giving him pointers. Mm. Right? Um, you know. There was a there was a point where he came back, and I think he might have got nicked up. He sat out a quarter or two, and you just see him on the sideline. Listen, you know, talking, talking. He's not Joe Staley, and you can't you can't compare him. This guy is is like a Rottweiler in a in a, in a dog fight. He's gonna he's gonna fight you. That's dope. That's what I like. That's and dope. It's not a knock against Joe, but when you're playing offensive line, and you're trying to blow people off the ball and blow open lanes. You want that nastiness. And you've so, seen it. They've seen it. They've yeah. seen Trent out there put a dude on their butt 30 yards down the field. Yeah, like Cardinals. Yeah. Like, you know, like the Cardinals game when he just dives mm-hmm. out there. Yes. If it, I don't know about you, but I, mean, I know I miss. What's good, baby boy? What's going on? I know I miss uh, Joe Staley's fired up mentality. But Trent's just a smooth. He's a cognac sipper. Joe probably drink beer. That's the difference between the two. But I, I will tell you this. Joe, <laughs> Joe is probably one of the best pass blockers I have ever of all time. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and I'm talking about Ogden. I'm talking about pace. I, I, a pure pass blocker. It was Where beautiful. A true speed guy flying off the edge and Joe just engulfs him. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. And, and, and until Joe started his regression, yeah. like... I mean, if Joe wasn't old and going downhill, I would still want him on his team. But, I mean, you saw him regressing. The injuries started piling up. Right. He just wasn't able to perform at that same level. Excellent trade for the 49ers. And I would be remiss if they don't try their hardest to bring this guy back after trading away a third-round pick for him. Um, and, and I just feel like they can get they can get it done. I don't think Trent Williams is out for himself. I just think as a left tackle, just like any other left tackle in the league, 
They, they want to be the highest paid person in the game. Now, the thing that will help the 49ers out is age just a little bit. And Tony, you can touch on this because we have these left tackles in their golden years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And this is kind of what they're getting paid. You can see Wentworth up there, Dwayne yeah. Brown. That's that Bakhtiari. I hope I said his name right. I'm sure I didn't. And then you got Nate Soder, who was straight trash after he left New England. Now, we're talking about Trent Williams. He's going to be looking to get paid in between that 10 to $23 million. Tony, give me a number, baby. Well, you see it right there, the $23 million mark. Um, Jesus. Do I think the 49ers will go that high? In my honest opinion, I, I, I think the number one, the trickle-down effect, the first domino needs to fall. We all know what that is. That's the quarterback situation. Yeah, just say it. Okay. Once that falls in place, everything else, then they will. You don't want to lose no followers on Twitter. No, right? I don't care. I'll say it. You know what? <laughs> if, if, if everybody watched another banana show last night, everyone watched another banana show yesterday with me and Mike. You, I, I put a, I sent them a picture to put up on the show. And I, I kept saying through the whole show, this is the reason why, this is the reason why, this is the reason why. It was a third and five play late in the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter. That could have put us up 14 going into the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl. And was wide, wide open. open. I mean, and man. Linebackers in the and zone. We're not right. Wait, is that the play, Tony, where you heard Kittle said, I'm open? Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but... That, that's how many times that's happened last season. That, that's my point. That's my point. Whether that was the play or not. And that's the problem. You know, and that's the problem. And I know this is not the Jimmy G show, but people want like, to know. This is it. And I know we're not going to get in trouble for posting this. I wish you would have gave me the picture and I would post it. If you want to send it to me, I'll upload it real quick. Look, look I mean, just look at that. The linebackers are not even looking at him. Jimmy's not even looking at him. And there's the whole scene. Stop, don't touch that. That's the whole scene Jeez. where he sits and literally does like a jumping jack. And Jimmy doesn't even see him. He focuses and he locks in on Kendrick Bourne, the check down route, mm. before the stick, and he tries to make it. He has and, to stop locking in. Stop you know, locking in, Jimmy. I, I'm tired of people saying, yeah, but, you know, he took us to the Super Bowl. Well, guess what? Kyle Shanahan, and I'm going to say it, and I said it after the Minnesota. After the Minnesota game, Kyle took the ball out of Jimmy's hands. There you go. And ran the ball. Right. What's funny about that comment, though, Tony, is everybody was saying that Kyle doesn't trust Jimmy anymore. No. And now when we start talking about bringing in other quarterbacks, oh, you guys don't want to give Jimmy a chance. Oh, he was hurt. Oh, he was that. Well, yep. that's another problem, guys. That's another problem. That's time to check. Your quarterback can't be hurt. Matter of fact, the game is made to protect the quarterback so that they don't get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Look, so- Jimmy. Go ahead, Tony. Basically, someone put a stat up, a playoff stat. They compared Jimmy versus Stafford, okay? Jimmy's career last year in, in the playoffs and Stafford over his career. Shh, be quiet. Um, Jimmy threw his stats, I think, were 105 yards, okay, in the playoffs. 105 yards, four, touch, uh, four touchdowns and three interceptions, I think it was. And then Stafford's was 315 yards for seven touchdowns and four interceptions. So they said, you know, well, Jimmy has a better winning percentage or better winning record in the playoffs. Well, I answered back and said, well, that's clearly not on his arm. 
because I don't give a shit what you say, what his record is. He could be 100-0. If you're throwing for 100 yards a game, Jimmy Garoppolo's not winning you that game. And that's the biggest issue. I, you know, uh, right. Annie, you want to add anything to that? Because I know it's a little crazy. <laughs> We're talking about left tackles, but that's why he brought up the quarterback. You got to start mm-hmm. there. When you start with the quarterback, you can kind of say, hey, I can go ahead and get my left tackle and I can probably afford to pay him. And remember what I said to you, Annie? I said, look, I know an answer. You cut Jimmy. You only spend about a million something dollars for cutting Jimmy against the cap, right? And now you got, what, $25 million to play with? Hey, it sounds like $23 million to me. Annie, how you feel about this whole situation? I mean, all I really have to say is that after watching yesterday and those four incredible quarterbacks I just don't see I can't picture us being able to go back to the Super Bowl and beat someone like the Chiefs with the quarterback situation we have you can't have a quarterback I love Jimmy but you know he can't throw outside the numbers he locks into his first read it's just I just you can't win a Super Bowl that way and I think that the 49ers need to have that mentality of going all in now like that's what the Bucks did and you have this, this team now stacked with talent with Bosa and Fred and Kittle and you got to go all in for it and you can't be conservative about it and pass up all these amazing quarterbacks. She said the word conservative. If I see one more conservative play call from Kyle Shanahan because he don't have his quarterback back there to do the stuff that he wants to do, I swear to goodness, I will shave all the hair on my body and send it to different people. Like just shit, just send it out. Just because it's, I'm it's crazy that Kyle has to come up with three different schemes and game planning for three different people. Don't ever talk about yeah, that. thank you. We get mad. And everyone says, Oh, Kyle's uh, arrogant, Kyle's this, right. it's his nowhere to highway. Right. No, it's not. He comes up with three different game plans. If you ever looked at his call sheet, he had it over his his face one day and you saw three different columns of plays. I didn't know 100% what that was for. But if you think about it, one was probably for Jimmy. One was probably for Nick if he had to go in the game. And one was probably for CJ if he had to go in the game. Isn't it amazing to you? Isn't it amazing to you how Kyle Shanahan aged like the president of the United States? Whenever a president becomes the president, they age like day five. They go from five. Rest on him. Yo, Kyle had no gray hair. Is probably gonna, Saul is probably going to have a full-on like beard the next time. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Listen. I, I posted that on here. Twitter. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I posted that on there. Nice and brown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Brown. Mm-hmm. Almost yep. darker than Peachy's hair. And then super gray, like like your boy Bree. Like he's just gray. And I think he's my age. Full gray though. It's ridiculous. Poor Kyle. That's that's because he has to do he has to work three times as hard. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring you guys a show on the quarterback situation. I think I think that's what we need to do for the fans out there and have this same four panel and just talk smack about all the quarterbacks, like in the rumors, and mainly about Jimmy. And Callie, I hate to burst your bubble, Callie. I think this is almost impossible because Jimmy was never an elite guy. It's different when you got an elite guy saying you want an elite guy back, like an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Those guys can get hurt and come back and continue to be elite. Jimmy never reached that status, and I don't think he ever will reach the elite status because he can't do some of the things Andy mentioned. She said he can't throw outside the numbers. He also can't throw past the numbers down the field. That's an issue because defenses are saying, hey, this guy can't throw deep, man. Just play up on him. 
Let's take it to the short game. We're going to play all our coverage on the short game because he's not going to throw it deep. If I was on the defense, you didn't notice how every time a defensive play, a defense played Jimmy Garoppolo, they feasted, not just on interceptions, but breaking up plat passes, being where they were supposed to be, hitting running backs out of the flats like right before they called. The, how did they know to be there? Every other team I watch, the running back catch the ball. Check down the city. Yes. They, they go ham. We're the only team in the NFL that can't do checkdowns correctly. And the reason why we can't do them correctly is because they know that we're going to do that. Because Jimmy can't throw deep. Hence the Matt Stafford rumors out there. And that's why Matt, Matt can throw the ball deep. I, I can tell you that. I, I know where Callie's getting at with this. Okay. He said he wanted the 2017 Jimmy. And, and there's a reason why he's saying it. And I said this last night. Be quiet one more minute. Okay. I said this last night on the show. If you look at Jimmy pre-ACL to post-ACL and you compare him, it's a night and day difference. Post-ACL, he's a statue in the pocket. Pre-ACL, he actually used to roll out of the pocket. To yes, thank the you. Now, let's take it back. Be quiet one second. Now, let's take it back to his first snap when C.J. Beathard got hurt for Seattle. He rolled to the left and waited for a route to open and just kept rolling, rolling, rolling. And came maybe like three to four yards from the sideline. And guess what? He wiped on the goal. Lewis Murphy in his first pass as a 49er was a touchdown. Okay. So that was games like. Let's bump that two, three weeks to when they were playing Jacksonville. Same scenario. The first right, the first read wasn't there, went through his progressions. He rolled everything to the right. He rolled, rolled, rolled. Last minute, Trent Taylor came open, fired it right in, touchdown. When was the last time you've seen Jimmy? Have you ever seen Jimmy Garoppolo do that after his ACL injury? I know, did, but that's my part about being elite. So when you're elite, no, yeah, no, I'm just saying the ability to move and let. I see Cali saying, I never said he was elite. And I know you didn't. That's why I mentioned elite guys. I mentioned guys that can come back from ACL injuries and continue to play at a high level. Maybe Jimmy just can't deal with the mentality of, oh, I'm scared to do it again because my leg might snap. I, I definitely know. think it, his ACL injury is in his head. I definitely think it. And that's because, why you ever watch him throw a ball? He, he'll whip it, and then you'll see him turn his whole body and go like this mm-hmm. and go back to the floor. You can't do that. I agree. You're, you're getting paid $27 million a year. You need to complete that throw that I just showed you to George Kittle doing jumping jacks in the middle of the field in the Super Bowl. I agree. You need to that, – that is an elementary – that's a high school throw. And yeah. this is why we keep having these discussions. And when every quarterback comes available – Oh, we can go him. We can go and get him. Because guess what? We need stability at the quarterback play. We need consistency. And Jimmy's play is not consistent. He'll come out and throw for 350 when the ball travels the most five yards. And then there's a game he comes out for 140. And my man Lucius, this is what makes Watson one of those guys on his way to eliteness. Yep. He doesn't look scared rolling out to the side. He takes the most sacks in the NFL. And this is after one of these type of injuries. that He's just built differently. Fearless. fearless. It's, it's something you can't teach. Yeah. It's either you're fearless or right. you're not. And that's why I mentioned right. that's part of what being elite is all about. Having the mentality. Not taking shots at anybody out there. I'm just saying. I don't think Jimmy's ever going to be able to have that. I don't think he could come back right. from that mental 
you know, depression or whatever it is he went through after that injury. That injury was devastating. He didn't know. He, he, he didn't know what to do. Hopefully, if he's still a 49er, we got our quarterback's coach that can kind of, you know, get him into the groove, possibly. That's also a possibility. But we won't know until we know, all right? And that's where we're going to leave the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. Listen, this is an offensive line show. So I wanted to talk about the offensive line prospects. No disrespect, because you said we need to start with the quarterback. When we get the quarterback in place, then we can go ahead and pay some guys on this team. And the quarterback controls a lot of the salary cap. So that was perfectly spot on. But we got 10 guys that we want to present to you. And then we're just going to go around and just, you know, hypothetically take a guess. We're not going to break these guys down super heavily. Will they fit on this 49ers team? Will they fit in this zone scheming, wide zone, run blocking, pass protecting type of scheme? All right. You ready, Peachy? You got your notes ready? I got it ready. I'm All ready right. to roll. Let's start with the first guy out of Oregon. Now, we picked 12, so we know darn well we're not going to get him. But the 49ers might say, hey, I'm going to trade up. <laughs> I'm going to try to get this guy because we know a quarterback is going to go first. So it's possible he goes number two. If the 49ers don't bring back Trent Williams, Panay Sewell is on the board. What do you do? Talk a little bit about him. Okay. Panay Sewell out of Oregon. Uh, the one thing about it is, is that in pass protection, he has the skill set to be a dependable edge protector. He's a good athlete, and he has that quickness on the edge. So that he pops out of his stance and gets his hands into the chest of defenders and has quick feet to play the typewriter and cut off the edge from speed rushers. He shows enough strength and quality, hands to sustain blocks while being able to neutralize second efforts. His agility, footwork, and quickness make him a smooth mover in space. On screens, kickout blocks, and zone runs, Sewell constantly shows that he is natural in space. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to rotate. Tony, you'll take the first guy, and then Annie, you'll take the next guy that we talk about. So, Tony, fit or no fit? Sewell could fit this offense. Uh, if you watch if you watch Oregon's offense, it's an outside zone. It's a screen. It's a bubble screen. It's, it's a heavy screen offense, and he shows the ability to get outside. He's very athletic. Um, I really like the, the the phrase that you use as the typewriter. That's, that's really – I like that because it's legit. You are mirroring, and it's like a typewriter. If it goes this way, you mirror that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think he is a scheme fit. Um, will he be there when we are on the board? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, but, again, this, this we, we need the first domino to fall before we can even say who we could target or who potentially we need to go after or move up. Absolutely. Right. This is just a show about prospects that can be yeah. tackled for the 49ers if we're not able to retain Trent Williams or sign one of those free agents that you mentioned. So the next guy we have is Elijah Vera Tucker. This kid is out of USC. Yeah. He's a talented player. I'm going, Wayne. Uh, and he's going to take this one after Peachy does a little read up. All right, good. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker is out of USC, like Breezy said. Uh, it says that there's a lot to like about him in press protection. He's an easy mover with athleticism, quickness, and agility. He can glide with speed rushers with ease, showing the ability to play the typewriter with his feet also. Vera Tucker is a natural knee bender who maintains good leverage while avoiding bending at the waist. Vera Tucker looks like a starting left tackle or guard 
significant hit in the NFL and is worthy of being a first or second round pick in the 2021 draft. Mm. In the ground game, however, he's not a bull at the point of attack, but he is very effective. He's more of a wall-off and position blocker who beats defenders to a spot to cover them up and keep them from making a tackle. All right, Annie, fit or no fit? I think he could be a fit. I think he definitely has a better chance than Sewell of being available for us in, in the draft. And uh, okay. I mean, the fact that he's uh, so strong in pass protection, I think that that's a quality that we're really lacking for our line right now, especially mm-hmm. we had George out for so long this year. We like, I think it's under people underrate how important George is to our pass protection. And we struggled so much this year. One of the worst pass protection lines in the league. And so I think if you can bring in a guy who specializes in that, it's one of his strong suits. Um, the fact that he like isn't as great in the run game, I think that that can be probably cleaned up a bit with coaching. I mean, I think he'd be a great fit, especially maybe at guard. Right. I hear you. All right, we're going to keep this show moving. Next up, Samuel Cosme out of Texas. Okay, it says, uh, let's see what it says about him. My bad. Hold on. <laughs> It says that he did a good job in pass protection, showing some length and athleticism on the edge. He said that he would help for Cosme to get stronger, but as a young player, he probably will add weight and strength as he ages. So he's got a little bit of development going on there that he's probably going to need, but he has the potential to be successful in the NFL. All right. Sounds like a second round guy, Tony. Right. You're on mute, brother. I'm on mute. I'm sorry. Um, pretty much the first three guys that you mentioned are all athletes. Okay. They all have the ability to play left tackle. They all have the, they're all potentially great fits in the zone scheme. Um, I'm not too familiar with the Texas offense. I know they just made a big coaching change, but from what you're saying and what I read up on him, it it seems like he could be potentially a very good fit in this outside zone scheme. He has the ability to seal off that you keep hearing that word sealing off. He's not Mm -hmm. a mole. He has the ability to get there and seal so right. that's the way they block in the zone scheme. You get to a point and you just wall it off and then the back makes their move. So do I think he could be a fit? Yes. Is he a type of guy that we could bring in and start from day one? That I'm not 100% sure of. But one thing I do, he is a, do like he's a captain. He's a team leader. And that's just like a, a positive just going forward. I bet you he's better than McGlinchey. All right, next up. Alabama. That's a big guy. This is a big guy. Like, he's huge. Um, uh, And he's a champion. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. can't teach that pedigree either. Uh, Peachy, what you got on Alex? It says that he has good feet, athleticism, excellent size and length. Evaluators think that he is good to cover up speed rushers as he's so long and athletic. It is difficult to get around him. Does they think given his excellent skill set at a premium position, he will be a first round pick and could possibly be one of the first 20 selections due to this. All right. All right, Annie. Fit or no fit? I mean, whenever you see a guy who's that big and that athletic, I think you have you want to say he's gonna be a fit for your team, especially because mm-hmm. Kyle loves those those athletic offensive linemen. Um Right tackle. That's not, that, that's where I got him going. <laughs> yeah. He's way bigger right. than Clinchy. And I I mean, I think he'd be a great fit, but I don't think we'd pull the trigger. 
Okay. I mean, I mean these some of these guys are like second round guys too, by the way. These aren't all right. your 12 pick in a draft. Tony wanted to add something. Go ahead. Just real quick on Leatherwood. Uh, there's one thing that's concerning me. Um, okay. I've seen a report in the senior bowl that he's getting looked at. He's working out as a guard in the senior bowl. So that oh, that's a little concerning to me. But why uh, is that concerning? Because we definitely need a couple of guards. Well, I'm saying as being, being drafted as a listed left tackle coming mm -hmm. into the draft. Okay. They moved him inside for some odd reason. And I don't oh, think I he could be a left tackle. I think he would be better on the right side. Um, but it's just that's the one thing that's just a little concerning. Why did they kick him inside in the senior bowl? That's just Do you think it's, it could be because that. they just have other guys that they want to give work? It left could be, but I think they might feel that he could. he's a tweener and okay. he has more ability inside because okay. of the size and the strength to put his body on you and the way you are on the scrimmage. Yes, sir. All right. Because That's Alabama's run okay. game was not a zone. It was a power run game. It was power run. So, yep, power run. Most definitely. All right, the next up is going to be Rashawn Slater, and he's out of this I don't like any school in the Big Ten other than Michigan, so I'm not going to say the name of the school. So go ahead, uh, PG, talk about Rashawn Slater. Okay, well, I happen to be Big Ten also, so I don't want to say it either, but he's from Northwestern. <laughs> it's where he's from. And he's a good athlete who could play tackle, guard, or center. So I like that. Given his lack of height and length, he might be a better fit on the inside at guard or center, actually. It says with his versatility and athleticism, he shouldn't get out of round two during the 2021 NFL draft and could possibly go in late round one. All right, Tony, fit or no fit? I can tell you right now, he's not going to be in round two. This guy's being talked about going to the top 10. Yep. Wait a minute, Tony, right. let me just ask you this question because last year I wanted to draft this guy, this center guard out of Michigan. I believe he went to the Dolphins. I believe. Not sure. I'm sure. I, I believe he did. He reminds me of that particular player. He's able to get low. He's able to get out. He could play the center position. You're talking about Cesar Ruiz. You know who I'm talking about, bro. Just don't like to yeah. say all my players' names. People think this is a Michigan show. It's not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm glad you said it. I'm talking about Cesar Ruiz. And the simple fact that this guy reminds me a lot of him, I can see the 49ers didn't pull the trigger. They had the opportunity. He was there. They didn't pull the trigger on it. Now that their offensive line hasn't been, it didn't shape out in 2020, I can see this guy possibly being the pick at 12 if he's there. Hey, he might not be there at 12. From what I'm hearing, <laughs> the problem is he's such an athlete and he has such versatility. He can play left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard, center. And if you want to talk about like a comparison, not on a skill set, but the ability and athleticism. This is Joe Staley all over again. Because Joe Staley was a former tight end who was a freak athlete that converted to left tackle. This is what this is. And if they, from what I'm hearing, they're not going to have a combine. So it's kind of like it could work out that he's not going to test. Because if he tests, I'm going to tell you right now, he's going <laughs> to blow every lineman out of the water. Because that type of athlete. Right. Gotcha. Now, do I think he's a fit? Yes, absolutely. I agree. All right. Let's keep this moving. You guys are doing an amazing job. I love it. Thank you. Next up, from you already know the school. No, that's not uh, the Ohio State. That is the Ohio State player. <laughs> now, for, for, now, Washington football team player Chase Young getting mauled 
by Jalen <laughs> Hey, I'm just putting it out there. Look, this guy can stop Chase Young. That's why he's on this list. Jalen Mayfield, talk about him real, real quick, Peachy. Now that Breezy already so intelligently brought up the Chase Young deal, I'll just skip that. It's what really gonna... jumps, uh, what really jumps out about him is his quickness and athleticism on the edge to neutralize speed rushers. Mayfield is very quick out of his stance as he fires back or forward with explosion off the ball. With speed and agility, Mayfield instantly gets good depth in his drop and is able to play the typewriter with his feet to mirror speed rushers. In the ground game, Mayfield is a solid contributor at the point of attack. He's not an overpowering road grader like Scherf was coming out of Iowa. And Mayfield is not as good of a run blocker as Thomas was at Georgia or Jedrick Wills was at Bama. But Mayfield is dependable to execute his assignment. He has the strength to control, turn, and manipulate defenders at the point of attack. He's also quick to the second level and able to kick out to the perimeter. All right, Annie. Fit or no fit? Uh, I will say fit. I'll say fit. He only has two years of starting experience, so you, I, he's going to need to develop more. But the fact that he was, you know, Chase Young, you know, uh, taking him down, I mean, it's, everyone projects that he's going to have a really successful career and he's fast. He's athletic. The 49ers like those uh, fast offensive linemen. And he seems like he's going to be kind of maybe more of like a Kinlaw situation. You kind of got to fix him up a little bit before you put him out there. But I think he will ultimately be a good fit. See, I think he's a guy you can draft that can compete for a starting position on the 49ers. Mm -hmm. That's how bad our offensive line is. And that's not that those, you know, Brunt skill or those tackles are bad. Like, I think this guy can give McGlinchey a run for his money. Or... You draft this guy, you move McGlinchey to the left side, which I hope that ever, never, ever happens, even though he played the left side at Notre Dame. It never, ever, ever, ever happened. I said that first before I said anything else. Uh, but right. there's one thing I know about Big Ten guys, and if you are a Big Ten football fan, they produce offensive linemen and edge rushers. That, that's, that's what comes out of these schools. Edge and O lineman, they got the big corn eating Husker people. They, I'm telling you that they they just big. They eat whatever they want, and they have skills, and they can move. They're quick on their feet. So don't overlook these guys. Don't overlook these guys. Tevin Jenkins, out of just talk about Tevin Jenkins. <laughs> Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. I don't know if I like this guy. And it, they don't have much to say about him either. But anyway, it says he's a big edge protector who will enter the um, enter the NFL with a lot of experience. He broke into the starting lineup as a sophomore and was a steady contributor to the success that Chuba Hubbard found on the ground. Some have projected Jenkins as a first or second round pick. But in speaking with multiple team sources, they have him a little bit lower. Jenkins accepted an invite to play in the Senior Bowl. Tevin Jenkins, Tony, this is your guy, man. Fit or no fit, I'm just waiting for the heck not. I I don't know much about him. I'm going to keep it real with you. But from just what I read on him, I didn't see him play. He seems more of a right tackle than a left tackle. He looks very stiff just by looking at the pictures of, mm-hmm. of him. Um, I'm trying to find the best one. <laughs> and maybe he could slide inside some guard. But this, in my opinion, this is a project. And, you know, he's going to need a year to, to develop. So... I don't really know if he could fit, so I'm not going to say yes. Uh, I, I 
I'll go out and say because we have so many people that we think we could fit. I'm going to say he's not a fit for this team. That's perfectly fine. All right, let's keep it moving, man. Let's go with Jackson Carmen. We got Jackson Carmen out of Clemson. Shout out to everybody who's watching the show. Thank you so much for the likes that we have so far. Make sure you are on that YouTube channel and you are smashing that thumbs up button. We truly appreciate you out there. No, we didn't do formalities. We got right down to the nitty gritty. We knew this was going to be a long show. So thank y'all for tuning in. Jackson, Carmen, Peachy, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. It says uh, that he played as a solid left tackle for Clemson, but his best fit might actually be as a guard in the NFL. That was given proof in the college football playoff as OSU's edge rushers dominated Carmen in a brutal performance. It says that he was a big interior blocker who was very good for Clemson. It was his first season as a starter, yada, yada. It should said that he could be even better now that he has some experience. So dropping some weight might be a good idea for Carmen. So they feel like he's too heavy at this point. 345 is... Annie, real quick, yes or no? <laughs> fit or no fit? You didn't say no fit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you want to say anything no. else, feel free, but I mean, I, I don't have, we don't have time for projects. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, not right. No time for projects. Now, I like this guy out of Florida. Number one, his name is Stone, and I don't know how to say the last name. So I'm just going to call him Stone Forsyth. That's just, mm -hmm. that's cool. That's a cool name. Forsyth. What's going on, my man? You ready, PG? I'm ready. All right. So Mr. Stone Forsyth, it talks about how he clamped down Aziz um, Ojulari, which is one uh, of the top on pass rushers. Pick. That's I'm the sorry. number one edge rusher coming out mm -hmm. of this draft. When they yes. say clamp down, they put the, the clank on this dude. Now, mm -hmm. one game. We still got, what, 10 or 9 other games to go ahead and evaluate. But when you can stop <laughs> that one guy, it kind of like equivalates to about five or six games. All right, go ahead. Continue. Yes says that he would be a better fit as a right tackle or guard in the NFL. It says that if he can improve his ability to handle speed rushers, his stock could rise. Uh, sounds like that he was fine against Aziz, but there was a lot of them that he wasn't exactly that great. So it said that it could rise. Um, said that he could also be a competitor at right guard as a club. So we'll just have to see how he plans out. I like him, though. I watched some 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 film on him. I this is a project guy. Not that he's from the project, but this is a project guy. Mm -hmm. that, something about him that I like. Tony, yeah. fit or no fit? I I don't think he's a fit. I don't. Not I even. You know who he reminds me of? I'm going to tell you right now. He reminds me of Trent Brown when he came out of Florida. All right, we're moving on. Thank you so much, Tony. Let's go ahead. Now, Trent Brown was huge. He couldn't move. You know? And then he didn't know if he wanted to. Remember that part? <laughs> The crazy thing is, if, if he played well versus Aziz from Georgia, but then he got smoked by guys from Texas A&M, like, I, it just doesn't make sense. The only thing I can make out of it is he just put his weight on Aziz, and that was it. Um, I didn't think about coach, that. You know how the coach likes to break stuff down real quick? Yeah. You guys are awesome. All right, last but not least, my man out of North Dakota State University, who doesn't he have to protect um, that guy named Trey Lance that I want us to draft? I know nobody wants Trey Lance but Wayne Patrick Brown, but it is what it is. So Dylan Radunes, Radun, yes. whatever. That's how I'm going right. to say it. All right, go ahead. Dylan Radunes out of North Dakota State and says he was an excellent blindside protector, allowing zero sacks. 
Wait a, a minute. Sophomore, Rewind uh-huh. that. Say that one more time. Allowing zero sacks. I already know what Tony's gonna say. So we're not gonna like he went to North Dakota State. So Tony, I'll say it for you. But keep continue reading. <laughs> As a sophomore, he had another good year protecting the quarterback. He earned a starting job in 2017. The freshman did miss a year due to season-ending knee injury. Oh damn. Man. I know. Annie, right. Annie got her phone. She was praying. She's like, I want this guy. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Annie, fit or no fit? Um, I mean, he's a fit, but I don't know if you'd want to really take a chance with him. But uh, he's he's great in pass protection, but you never want to you want to be careful with those injuries coming out of college. Especially to your offensive linemen. Yeah. What's funny about all these offensive linemen, they all play with knee braces. Should I, should we be concerned with the knee braces, Tony? No. 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 That's the thing from, like, if someone's on the ground and their knee, they're, like, they roll into their leg, the knee's yeah. not going to bend because of the brace. Okay, so I, I didn't know. I just saw a knee brace thinking that they might have both knees replaced. So that's why I asked. Knee All right, brace. ladies and gentlemen, oh, what a great show, man. I hope you guys have fun. We truly appreciate Tony and Annie being on the show. Uh, listen, guys, we're going to be bringing you another show probably this week. We kind of like just bringing more shows. So stay tuned for that quarterback show. I think that's coming up next. We're going to talk about quarterback who, number 10, number eight, and number four. If you can get my drift, if you know where I'm going with that. All right. So 10, 8, and 4. It's two fours, too, by the way. So, oh no, 4 and 12. We got to put 12 in there, too. So 10, 8, 4, and 12. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to talk about that on the next show. Guys, we appreciate you. Look, I got to do formalities. Tony, we thank you for being on. So if you have to go, I'm going to probably take five minutes to do it. Thank for- you, Tony. Andy, You're you, welcome. Run. you don't want to listen to I'll me. Wait. Really? Go. I'll wait. I'm not going to talk. Oh, I love it. Good. I love it. So you guys can have your final thoughts. But listen. We are on Facebook, so make sure you go to Facebook and you like and follow us. That's Nitty Gritty Niners. You can also follow us on Twitter at Nitty Gritty with the number 9-E-R-S. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nitty Gritty Niners. You know we are popping. We're starting to pop on YouTube. Guys, please support this YouTube channel. I promise you it's in the making. It's a baby. It's the the grand birth baby of the Nothing But Niners. They're feeding us and they're trying to nurture us. Listen. We're still nothing but Niners for life, but we're doing the nitty, we're doing it in a nitty gritty way. We like the we like the, the baby's kids and nothing but Niners. So make sure you go ahead and subscribe to Nitty Gritty Niners. And while you're there, go ahead and hit that thumbs up, smash that like button for us. And to everyone listening to us on that podcast, go to your one-stop shop, anchor.fm at nitty gritty niners. You can hear us on Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, and my absolute favorite. Apple Podcast. And while you're on Apple Podcast, go ahead and give us a subscription. Subscribe to that channel. And while you're there, select the five stars. Also, we're all open to ideas. If you have news for the show, please email us, niners at gmail.com. Sometimes, even though Annie be popping with the news, sometimes she might forget some stuff. So go ahead and email her. That's the email. If you guys want a number and you want to talk to her, just email her there. She'll respond to you back. All right. We truly appreciate everybody for being on the show. That is the formalities for the show. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Let's do final thoughts. We'll go with my man, Tony, Annie, Peachy, and then we'll be out. Yeah, um, I just want to uh, thank you guys for um, tuning in to the show. And um, Annie, thank you for being on, of course. And Tony, thank you as always. No doubt. My pleasure. Oh, Annie, then Tony. Oh, my, my final thoughts is that this is going to be a crazy off season. 
Enough said. Yeah, definitely. Guys, it's going to be interesting. You, you're probably going to hear a couple moves coming up as far as filling out smaller pieces of the coaching staff. You might hear the the addition of uh, Smith from Washington potentially soon. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to get interesting, and it's going to get interesting real fast. And it's not only for the Niners because there's a bunch of teams over the cap right now that need to get on there. But first of all, we need to find out what the cap is at. Um the lowest it goes 175. I heard a rumor between 185 and 189 that it could be at potentially. So it does help us out and it does help the rest of the teams out in the NFL. But you guys have any questions, you want to shoot me an email, um, a direct message. They're open. That's my Twitter handle. Feel free. And that's all I got. Guys, make sure you're following each and every one of us. Follow Miss Peachy. That's at Crystal Peachy B. Follow Annie. That's at NFC Niners. Listen, she is reporting all the, the, the videos, the photos, the breaking news. It's all on her page. Follow Annie. It's not her name. It's at NFC Niners. And please do, my, do me a favor. Follow my brother. His birthday is tomorrow. Happy early birthday to Tony. Tony, Tony, can you just tell are you in the 40-40 club? Absolutely. See, Tony don't look 40 to me, so that's why I had to ask. So I, I just wanted to make sure I didn't yeah. say, oh, well, congratulations to still being in the 40-40 club. Because 40-40. You know, I'm in the early 40-40. The early 40-40 club. So congratulations. So make sure you guys send Tony a super happy birthday shout out. All right. Make sure you follow him at NJNinerFan499. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Nitty Gritty Niners. We will make sure we always keep it nitty-gritty. Thank y'all for tuning in. We out this. Peace. It's basketball time, y'all. So it's just playing an hour. Peace. They did it. Y'all know that sound. Nobody believed but us. That's why we call faithful. Nobody believed but us. Touchdown. You know that sound. Uh-huh. Tell me long. Let's go. Let's get it, baby. Breezy. Yeah. Out west is Patina when the style is so nitty. Breezy on the east and this flow is so gritty. The boys stay hot, reppin' niners in they city. Take one, take two, take that like Diddy. Oh. Yeah. Nitty gritty, this that niners talk. You don't like it, better take a walk. Nitty gritty, this that niners talk. We outline players up the chalk. Nitty gritty, this that niners talk. You don't like it, better take a walk. Nitty gritty, this that nine is tall. Nine is tall, nitty gritty, this that nine is tall.